people just don't know what to do during meditation. They don't know what's going on in their mind. They don't know what they're supposed to be doing. We built a device called Muse, and it's actually a brain-sensing headband that helps you meditate. It's a clinical-grade EEG with two sensors, frontal and two temporal. It tracks your brain during meditation and translates your meditation to guiding sounds. So you can actually get real-time feedback during your meditation to know what your brain is doing and what you're supposed to be doing. Welcome to the Regenerative Warrior Podcast, Doctor's Edition. One of the fastest growing regenerative medicine and anti-aging podcasts in the world. Each and every Tuesday and Thursday, I talk to the top experts to show doctors how to market, manage, and magnify their practice to help more people and make more money. Each episode is short and to the point without wasting your time with pointless conversation. Learn the skills to be successful without traveling to seminars or paying for expensive consulting fees. Are you ready? Because I am. I'm Dr. Ross Carter, and it's time to start the Regenerative Warrior Podcast now. Welcome to the Regenerative Warrior Podcast. My name is Dr. Ross Carter. Today, our special guest is Arielle Garten. Welcome. Thanks, Ross. Happy to be here. Thank you so much. So today, we're going to talk about something really interesting, which I would say is a common problem with pretty much 90% of the population is stress and sleep and that area. Would you agree with me there? I would agree. So tell us a little bit about how stress may affect our lives or how lack of sleep can affect us in a negative way. So it's quite obvious the ways that sleep and stress can impact our lives, both our ability to perform at our cognitive peak as well as our body's ability to regenerate itself, to be able to fight disease, overcome disease, etc. We all know we feel terrible when we don't sleep well and we feel terrible when we're stressed. It turns out that there is a solution that can help ameliorate stress, sleep, anxiety, and a cluster of lifestyle conditions, and that is meditation. Beautiful. So would you say you're a yogi, for example? Is that your specialty, your area? So I am an expert in meditation. I have a background in neuroscience, and I was a practical psychotherapist for almost a decade. Beautiful. So you have found the benefits of meditation. And what are those benefits? What would you say are the best benefits of meditation? Probably there's a study that sums up the benefits of meditation best. And that's a study that came out of partners. That's all the big Boston hospitals. And they looked at 4,400 individuals who took a relaxation response course. So that was basically meditation and yoga. And they compared to 13,000 age match controls. And what they discovered was a 46% decrease in healthcare utilization the following year. So an intervention of just eight weeks of learning yoga and meditation was able to decrease healthcare usage by 46%. This is really significant. Yeah, and this is not just in one area. Wow, It's not just like it improved sleep or it improved anxiety or it improved depression. It actually was able to, across the board, decrease use of our healthcare. And that's because meditation can teach us a really meaningful skill. It teaches us to be able to decrease our negative, ruminative thoughts. And when we do that, we're both able to reduce things like potentially depression and anxiety, and we're also able to improve things like sleep that get off the rails when your mind is wandering or when you're not able to calm your mind to sleep effectively. And it also can even change the healing properties or aging characteristics of our cells. 
Seven one study by Dr. Elizabeth Blackburn, Nobel Prize-winning scientist, she demonstrated that an intervention of meditation was actually able to increase telomere length in stressed mothers. So an intervention of meditation is actually able to change the cellular milieu to promote things like decreased cellular aging. That's fascinating. And since many of the people who are listening are in stem cell, a natural way to increase telomere length is absolutely a great benefit to themselves as well as their patients. So that's great to know. I did not know that meditation was really that important. What other things can meditation really help you in your life? How else can meditation help? So if we take a moment and put our attention on the brain, we can see quite a number of studies that demonstrate meditation's salubrious effects on the brain. So in a study from Dr. Sarah Lazar from Harvard, she looked at the prefrontal cortex thickness of individuals. So the bad news is you age, your prefrontal cortex thickness can thin. If you're able to maintain a long-term meditation practice, you can maintain the thickness of your prefrontal cortex even if you age. So one of her study participants was a 50-year-old long-term meditator who has the prefrontal cortex thickness of a 23-year-old. Dr. Lazar was also able to demonstrate that even an eight-week intervention of meditation was able to increase the density of gray matter in an average individual. So if you take a novice and you give them an intervention of eight weeks of meditation, there's potential to increase the density of their gray matter, which is really significant. Other studies have shown meditation increasing the thickness of the corpus callosum, which suggests greater connectivity and integration of the brain. Studies have demonstrated maintenance or increase in the size of the hippocampus over time if you're a long-term meditator. And the suggestion there is not that the hippocampus gets bigger, but that stress can decrease the size of the hippocampus and that meditation seems to have this protective effect of stress's impact on hippocampal size and presumably hippocampal function as well. So if you're a better meditator, does it help with your sleep as well? Does it allow you to sleep better? So there are a number of studies demonstrating meditation's impact on sleep. One with older adults teaching an intervention of meditation versus an intervention of sleep hygiene. And the meditation intervention led to increased sleep relative to the sleep hygiene course. And of course, you know, there are thousands and thousands of anecdotal pieces of evidence of people who, after meditation, had improved their sleep. So what you end up doing is often decreasing your latency to sleep. So as you are able to quiet your ruminating negative mind, you find it much easier to fall asleep. And as you're able to downregulate your body's overall physiological response and cortisol levels, you're often able to stay asleep more effectively. So those are some of the ways that we find meditation having a positive impact on sleep. So as a person who, I meditate some, but mine's more directed. So what's the best way to meditate? Many people may not know exactly how to meditate. How does someone actually meditate? Do they say a mantra? Do they just quiet their mind and just think about a candle? I mean, what is it that's a good way to meditate? So this is a really interesting question. And, you know, we all know that meditation is good for us. And then you sit down and try to meditate. And most people have a misconception about what it is. You know, doctors recommend it to their patients. Their patients rarely do it because they go home and try to let their minds go blank and your mind never goes blank. There are many different forms of meditation and one of the most commonly taught uh, forms is focused attention meditation. So in a focused attention meditation, you may be focusing your attention on a candle, you may be focusing your attention on a bodily sensation like your breath, or you might be focusing your attention on a mantra. So each of those methodologies that you mentioned uh, are actually a form of focused attention meditation. And in focused attention meditation, you focus your attention on your neutral object, let's say your breath. At some point, 
your mind is going to naturally begin to wander away from your breath. All of our minds do. At that point, it's your job to notice that your mind has wandered and to choose to take your mind off its wandering thought and put it back on your neutral object. And you simply repeat this process over and over and over again for a set period of time, five minutes, 10 minutes, half an hour. So you're putting your attention on your breath, your mind wanders, you notice it, you non-judgmentally notice that your mind has wandered, return to your breath. And this is an extremely simple process, but it has some pretty profound implications. So for most people, we go through our lives with our minds just kind of thinking us. Our mind is wandering and that's that. Um, You assume that the thoughts in your mind are the thoughts that you have and that's what you're thinking. The moment you actually choose to notice that your mind is on a thought and take it elsewhere, you've now changed your relationship to your thoughts. So you now have a skill that you can use to notice when your mind is on negative, ruminating, frustrating, not useful thoughts. You have a skill you've learned to choose to take your mind elsewhere and to maintain your attention on something else. And so this often leads to profound insights that not only can you choose not to have stressful thoughts, but you can also eventually recognize that you are not your thoughts. You are not all of the stories that your thoughts tell you about you. And this can lead to both shift in one's mental state as well as downstream salubrious positive physiological benefits. I guess this could be great for someone that is having some problems with depression as well, right? There are, you know, scores of studies demonstrating meditations, usefulness as an intervention in depression. So how often should someone ideally meditate in terms of frequency and duration? So a lot of studies are based on MBSR, which is a mindfulness-based approach, which is typically eight weeks in duration. And there they have participants learn these methodologies and then practice them for about an hour a day for eight weeks. Other studies look at focused attention meditation, and there you may do a focused attention intervention for 10 minutes a day at nauseam, 20 minutes a day, or up to half an hour a day. So it's not quite clear what the appropriate effective dose of meditation is, but 20 minutes a day seems to be a good length of intervention to demonstrate outcomes. But for a lot of people, 20 minutes a day is hard to do. So you want to be able to titrate somebody up to that amount and get them to start their practice at even five minutes a day. And I know anecdotally from, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the teaching that we've done, we've seen significant benefit from people starting even at five minutes a day and beginning to make these shifts and changes in their life. So you actually have a product that actually helps with meditation. Is that correct? It's true. So in that you know difficulty that I described where most people just don't know what to do during meditation, they don't know what's going on in their mind, they don't know what they're supposed to be doing, we built a device called Muse, and it's actually a brain-sensing headband that helps you meditate. It's a clinical-grade EEG with two sensors, frontal and two temporal. It tracks your brain during meditation and translates your meditation to guiding sounds. So you can actually get real-time feedback during your meditation to know what your brain is doing and what you're supposed to be doing. So you get real-time feedback during the fact, and then afterwards you get scores, charts, graphs, data, stuff that allows you to see your progress session after session with you know, real scientific feedback from your brain, and then also a motivational architecture that encourages you to continue to your meditation practice. Because meditation is amazing, but as we all know, making any kind of behavioral change can be hard unless you have a structure and a scaffolding that engages you and walks you through maintaining and enhancing behavior every day. So how does the sound change or how does the sound work? You said it has something to do with sound, correct? Yep, totally. So the metaphor we use is your mind is like the weather. So when you're thinking, you're distracted, you're ruminating, you actually hear it as stormy. 
And as you bring yourself to quiet, focused attention, you quiet the storm. So in the focused attention meditation I described, you're focusing your attention on your breath. It's quiet. As soon as your mind begins to wander, the storm picks up, meaning your cue that your mind has wandered, which then cues you to remind you like, oh, right, put your attention back on your breath. And this very simple paradigm helps you really understand what your mind is doing, what you're supposed to be doing in your meditation, and really helps you dial into that state of focused attention. People find it extremely valuable to teach them to meditate. We have hundreds of thousands of people who do it every day who say things like, I can finally meditate. We have meditation teachers who actually learn to meditate using these. We have thousands of clinicians, doctors, psychiatrists, psychotherapists, life coaches, people who in their, both in their own busy practice, use meditation for themselves and who recommend it to their patients. So anyone who in the past would have said you should meditate for whatever's come up for you, they can now simply hand their patient a muse and it becomes a very easy way to engage the patient in the activity for the clinician to follow up to ensure that there's compliance and for the intervention to actually take hold. Wow. So it's not something you watch. Your eyes are closed. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. Your eyes are closed and you're literally hearing the sound of your own mind. It's quite amazing. And it's the sound of a storm, basically, when your yep. mind is wandering and active and your goal is to make it nice again, right? Is that kind yep. of it? It's really simple and straightforward and so powerful. Wow. What have people that have been using this, what have they told you about their process and how it's worked for them? The primary thing is that people who didn't know how to meditate finally get it. It's like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. For people who have an existing practice, it really helps them hone their quality of focused attention. So mm -hmm. the whole sort of practice of a focused attention meditation is your mind wanders, you notice, and you return. And what Muse allows you to do is to really track the process of your own mind and enhance the process of metacognition, the ability to, of being aware of your own internal state, which builds mindfulness. And for those who are, you know, super competitive, this helps you do it more effectively. So if the noticing and returning is kind of like the bench press rep at the gym, that's the work of the meditation, it's the attentional loop. With Muse, you're able to notice the cue that your mind has wandered and returned significantly more times within your 5, 10, or 15-minute meditation. So you, in a sense, get an enhanced workout, quote-unquote. <laughs> so you go to the gym and exercise your body, and then you come home and exercise your mind, pretty much. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we have thousands of clinicians that use it. We have hundreds of research institutions. Mayo Clinic has been running a study with breast cancer patients awaiting surgery to demonstrate that using these decreases the stress of the cancer care process and potentially increases recovery times. We've had, there's over 175 papers published with Muse, some of it using Muse as a meditation tool, some of it using Muse as a clinical grade EEG to do neuroscience research. So we've seen, you know, significant amount of evidence mounting about the benefits of using Muse. And we even have a paper from the Catholic University of Milan. I think they published three papers now demonstrating the benefits of uh, Muse above and beyond the benefits of a regular meditation practice. Well, Thank you so much for your time today. It was fascinating and it makes me want to meditate right now. I'm ready to <laughs> relax my mind. <laughs> Go do it. When we did the Mayo Clinic study, one of the problems that we had getting it off the ground is that the doctors and nurses kept going home with the muses and wouldn't bring them back. <laughs> so you're not the only one. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> well, that's good for business. <laughs> they just have to keep ordering more. And the more people that meditate, hopefully the better the world gets.
To receive a 10% discount or to learn more about use, go to drrosscarter.com forward slash use. That's D-R-R-O-S-S-C-A-R-T-E-R.com forward slash M-U-S-E. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Please subscribe to be notified of all new episodes and also like and share this to help us grow. To find out more about this speaker, become a speaker on our show, to have Dr. Carter present at your event or podcast, learn more about coaching, consulting, tissue allographs, exosomes, supplements, legal help, or how to create a million-dollar business card to dominate your local area, we're here to help you. Just text your name and your question to 561-962-1231. Write that down. That's 561-962-1231. Or you can go to our website at drrosscarter.com. That's D-R-R-O-S-S-C-A-R-T-E-R.com to learn more. Until next time, this is Dr. Ross Carter signing off. Signing off.